It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the Valspar Championship presented by 18 Birdies, our favorite golf app in the App Store and the most downloaded golf app in the business. Let's get to it. What's going on, Golf Addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. We're going to talk a little Valspar Championship from Innisbrook, the Copperhead course. The old snake pit's going to come and get our PGA Tour pros this week. Tiger has committed yet again, and he's going to play next week. Man, what year is it, right? Like, Tiger's playing well. He's healthy. Phil just won the WGC. It's a good time to be alive and be a PGA Tour fan right now. We're going to talk a little bit about the WGC Mexico, some of the storylines coming out of that. We have a crazy new twist to the Fantasy Draft Road to Augusta contest. You do not want to miss this announcement. Your chance to win the same putter. Oh, okay, I got to stop right there. I got to stop right there. You got to listen. It's going to be fantastic. Also, we are going to interview Pat Perry because Pat hates his job. At the end of the day, Pat just hates his job. Every day he complains to me. We're going to try to do something about that. So for all you people who employ people, we need you to listen to this and send us an email if you want to hire Pat because we're dead serious. So we got a special guest that's going to interview Pat tonight. You don't want to miss that either. Zero golf content there, but you don't want to miss it. Of course, we have our caddy insight for Copperhead. So we're going to give you some cool caddy insight there. We're going to talk about the key stats and break down all the action for the Valspar Championship. Once again, we appreciate you guys downloading the podcast. May your screens be green and enjoy the show. What's up, golf addicts? David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. I got my boy P. Perry, Mr. Pat Perry with me right now. We are ready to hop on in that Valspar Championship, get all up in the snake pit, Talk about this amazing field that we've got for the 2018 edition. But before we do that, as always, we're going to recap the WGC. It was an eventful week at the WGC, Pat. Um, Phil Mickelson winning for the first time since, what, 2013. Tiger has won since Phil has won. What did you think about Phil's, uh, Phil's week, the, uh, the playoff, um, and all the drama that surrounded First, first off, I, I, I got to give, give a shout out to the 40-year-olds. I love seeing Mickelson, mm-hmm. you know, playing as well as he is right now. And we saw this win coming, I think. I mean, you look at his game this year, especially the last few events. It's been coming around. He's called it. He said he thinks he's going to win a few times this year. So I, I'm not surprised to see it. Uh, I was a little surprised for this week. Um, but he just he played fantastic. And... Some of those putts, man, that he made, that that one on the playoff where I can't even believe it didn't drop. I mean, that he just – at yeah. that point, I was kind of thinking, maybe it's just not meant to be for him. But, yeah, I love it. He's playing well. You got Tiger back. 
man, the 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 old guys are coming through right now. Other well, than and, like the JTs of the world who are killing it, but you know the old guys are starting to play well. I mean, the buzz around Augusta, Georgia, right now, leading up to the Masters, now thirty days away, with Tiger healthy and playing decent, and now Phil winning. It is nuts. I had a guy, I had a friend of mine text me yesterday right after Phil won and said, hey, man, can you, can you help me get practice round tickets? Tell me how much they are. And I said, my, my, liter- my first response back to him was, do you understand how many people just sent that exact same text to someone in Augusta? Like, because everyone wants to get here. Yeah. It is, the, the whole city is buzzing right now. I'm telling you what, with a, a Phil Mickelson in form, a tiger healthy and back and now committed for the next couple of weeks. It's tiger week. That was an abbreviated. Yeah. (laughs) But with all of that going down, the masters is going to be lit y'all. It's going to be amazing. So if you still want to get here and you need a place to stay, you need to know where to play golf. You need tickets. Um, we can help you. You can email info at tourjunkies.com. That's info at tourjunkies.com. Now, listen, we, we do know places to get tickets. We can get you tickets. They are not cheap. It is the most in-demand sports ticket on the planet. But they are cheaper than what you will get online after you pay all the fees and all that mess when you go online. And it's safer because the guy that we know that we get our tickets from has been doing it about 15 years. He lives here. He's a trusted friend of ours. We can put you in touch with him if you want, um, and he can help you out with hospitality, golf, all that stuff. So, Man, we're only uh, 30 days out. That's incredible. 30 days. Dude, hey, by the way, have you seen the tickets this year? They're different. No, I have not. They're I'm not privileged so, like you are in seeing, you know. Well, actually, yes, you, you are. Know, we, yeah, yeah you're way more privileged than I am. I You'll just see haven't them. seen them yet. <laughs> yeah, so they're. The, I know the daily tickets are like thicker. They're like almost card stock. They're like cardboard. Like they're thick. They're not the paper kind of thin tickets that you get. I've also heard that there is a lot of hidden like information in those tickets, so that these, so that the the national can catch people buying and selling online. So if I were you, I would not buy from anywhere other than like a certified reseller, like eBay, Craigslist, all that stuff. That's no bueno. Yeah, and the I national has like people who get on there and shop tickets just for that reason. And those tickets are like now all encrypted and all that stuff. If so. you're thinking to yourself, there's no way that the national can figure something out. You're that wrong. is wrong. <laughs> you're That's wrong. very, very wrong. Yeah. Which, by the way, we got a little insight on the uh, Augusta National and some of the changes coming. We got that last week. We'll uh, we'll share that in a later podcast. But we got some insight coming. But the Masters is coming. Phil wins the WGC in a playoff. Justin Thomas, I mean, what a freaking weekend that guy had. Just continues to light it up. Now passes Rom, moves to number two in the world. And I'm glad to see that. Like I I I feel like the world golf ranking is so skewed towards the the long term. And I just feel like best golfers in the world and like that whole thing should be a little more recent feeling. And yeah. it really does feel like one and two and, and even three. I think Rom is there. He hasn't had great weekends, but he played a lot early in the year. He was tired, but I think I think the ranking is accurate right now on the on the top part. There's a lot of guys making moves. I mean, JT holing out from the freaking fairway on 18 was just nuts, man. That's that ridiculous. Guy. Yeah, he, um, he's just been 
I mean, you could say he's probably the best player in the world right now. I mean, if you're going by like just the you last. You can make an argument for that, but you you got to pump the brakes on that a little bit. It's so easy to get recency stuff going on. Like, DJ is still the man. I mean, DJ quietly, you know, backdoors another top, what, 12 or something mm-hmm. this week. I mean, yeah. I think no, you have to pump the brakes on that. I, a little I mean, bit. There's, there's an argument to be made. You can though. make an argument. Yes, yeah. you can. Um, there are some other funny storylines. I mean, obviously, you had the camera guy almost stepping on JT's ball uh, at the playoff. The he- how oblivious <laughs> do you have to be in the middle of a playoff <laughs> to just sit there and walk in front of Like, this guy obviously has never stepped foot on a golf course as far as oh, to play yeah, the was, game. That was funny. I, I mean, mean, what a jack wagon. How do you do that? <laughs> and then uh, the the thing that almost broke the internet was Phil mistaking uh, our boy Sharma for a member of the media <laughs> coming <laughs> off the golf course on Saturday. Poor Sharma. He just, he collapsed on Sunday. Good guy. Good kid. Seems I like really a really like talented guy. 21 I, years old. Yes. I mean, just a freak um, player. But that that's, that's interesting. Um, our boy Feinberg caught some grief on that, which... We were empathizing on DMs with Jeff Feinberg about Twitter trolls. And you know what else? I'm just going to say that I'm going to leave it at this. It's interesting to see who other DFS kind of talking heads defend and who they don't. That's, 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 that's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to call anybody out. But it's interesting to see the DFS world and like the talking golf DFS heads out there, who they defend when trolls are coming after them and then who they don't. And then who they befriend. It's just that's all I gotta say. Anyway, I don't I don't want to get into that drama. Yeah. But uh it's an interesting week. Interesting week, Pat, nonetheless. You had Terrell Hatton with the with the with uh Hatton overcame a lot. He um, overcame a lot. Yeah, I can sympathize, he, man. I've been on the course before and, and you've had or pre game, you know, pre pre uh round and you got some issues, you know, in the bowels. Well, you're forty. You're forty one now. So yeah, and you, he's a lot you, younger you than me. But l- listen, you, you know, you can learn stuff stuff from the older guys. I mean, look, he should have talked to Phil. You lose all sphincter control at, yeah. at that point, you know. Um, hey, by the way, happy birthday, buddy! Happy, happy, happy birthday! I Pat appreciate turned forty one yeah. last week, and. Uh, you know, I didn't make as much of a stink about the birthday this year as I did last year. I'm fine with that. You last know, year was a big number. Yeah, 40 is a big number. Yeah. I, other stuff, life happened, but it's Pat's birthday last week. I did. It was nice to see. I did get on Twitter and say, hey, say something nice about Pat that you like. And I did. I do feel like there was a number of listeners that got on there and, and genuinely complimented you. And then there were a lot that like backhanded complimented you, yeah, which I thought they, was very funny. And yeah. I appreciated a lot. But, yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, I appreciated yeah. it all. I can I can uh, take it all. So it was it yeah. was good. I, I thought you know, yeah. Moving on though, the birthday's over. Yeah, birthday's over. WGC Mexico's over. Listen, big time new like pew, 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 pew. we got to change up right now with the road to Augusta contest. You do not want to skip forward right now. Okay, so. There's been a little twist for this week for the Valspar, and I'm excited about this, Pat. I'm very obviously, this. obviously, we have the Road to Augusta contest, which is when one lucky listener and fantasy draft player is going to win round trip airfare to Augusta, Georgia, two night hotel stay, arriving Thursday, leaving Saturday morning, 
food and drinks, and a ticket to the Augusta National on Friday to watch round two with me, Pat Perry, and a couple of special guests. We're going to walk around the Augusta National and watch round two. It's going to be an amazing day. We're going to eat cheap sandwiches that are unbelievable. We're going to drink one and two, two and three dollar beers that are even better. We're going to have a great time. We're going to be sunburned and um, it's just going to be amazing. We're going to be well, tired see, he, at the end of the day. Before you all going to be on, worth it. Before you go on, yeah. Yes, we're talking cheap beer. We're talking cheap sandwiches and stuff because that's how the national does it. But right. I don't think I don't think everyone is grasping what they're getting out of this. Now, throw out getting to hang out with with me or with you. Um, I mean, you're talking a day at the tournament, flight. Hotel. A lot of money. A lot of money. The ticket in and of itself, a lot of money. Yeah. It, it's going to be a fantastic trip, and somebody's going to win it. Somebody won it last year. We had a great time with our friend Michael Riva. He won it last year. Um, it's it's going to be good, and here's here's the deal, okay? To enter that contest, let's talk about that part first, and then we're going to tell you about the new thing that's going, okay? To enter that contest... If you have not already joined Fantasy Draft, you need to join Fantasy Draft, okay? It's, it's a DFS website. They do all kind of DFS sports. It's similar to DraftKings and FanDuel. You draft seven golfers. They eliminate your worst score. So everyone gets their worst score eliminated. You got a guy miss the cut, no big deal. As long as your other six guys you know, are, are crushing, you're good. Salary cap game, just like DraftKings. It's a great game. A lot of fun. Um, they're growing, they're, they're getting, they're adding golfer, you know, they're adding DFS golfers day by day, week by week. Here's the deal. You join, put in the promo code tour junkies, tour junkies, RG, put in the promo code, or we're going to tweet out a link. Actually, we're going to pin a link. Okay. We're going to, it'll be our pinned tweet on the, on the Twitter, or as you used to call it when we first started tour junkies, flutter is what you used to call it. Yeah. So we're going to pin our the, the tweet to Twitter, and you join through that link, and you're in, okay? Then you got to make a deposit. Then you get one entry for every PGA GPP that you play between now and, and the Shell Houston Open. You get five points, five entries into the contest for every tour card GPP entry, which is the $25 GPP on Fantasy Draft. So five points for every one of those, one point for every other one, as long as it's a GPP. That's if you're a, if you've not joined Fantasy Draft yet and you sign up new. If you have joined Fantasy Draft, either through us, through Tour Junkies last year or this year, or through Roto Grinders at some point, okay, then you're already in. You just earn your points by playing PGA GPPs between now and the Shell Houston Open. So that's how you do it, okay? We are going to draw a winner. Um, I think we're going to announce the winner like the Thursday or Friday before the Masters, like Thursday or Friday of the Shell, probably. Maybe Friday, something like that. And we're, you better be ready. Permission slip signed. Go ahead and clear it. Even if you have, think you have no chance. Clear it. Clear Permission it. slip signed. Talk to the spouse. All you got to do is say, hey, Wife, or you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah, uh, especially clear it with the with the spouse ahead of time. Yeah, just say the, hey. The only person you don't like, the boss. You need to be okay. Anyway, just do that. Okay, yeah. be ready to do go. All, get we, all clearance. Get all of it. Yeah, across the board. Okay, but here's the new thing. Okay, this is the new thing. Big announcement right here, Pat. For this week only, 
for the Valspar Championship Fantasy Draft, we are we are going to we are going to do something cool. For this week only. Okay? We are the Fantasy Draft is going to award one lucky winner a putter, okay? The identical putter, the same putter of whoever wins the Masters 30 days from now, 34 days from now, 37 whatever. The identical putter. So it, it, let's say let's say DJ wins the Masters and he's putting with the tailor-made spider. Well, guess what? Fantasy Draft is going to send you your very own tailor-made spider putter. Let's say Scotty Cameron, somebody somebody with a Scotty Cameron Newport 2.5 wins. Wait, those are expensive. Yeah, I know. Fantasy Draft's going to do it. They're going to send you a Scotty Cameron 2.5 Newport. Now, you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, guys, I my putting game sucks. I need a new putter. How do I do this? Okay. Very, very simple. Okay. Very simple. For this week only, here's what you have to do. Before lineup lock on Thursday morning, you need to enter the tour card, the $25 GPP on Fantasy Draft. Enter the tour card. Okay. And then tell us your Fantasy Draft screen name. You can tell us in one of two places. Okay. You can post it on Roto Grinders. We are going to put a, a uh, we're going to start a, for, a thread on the forum about the road to Augusta and just comment in that thread hey, join the Valspar uh, tour card. Here's my, my screen name. Okay. That's one way. Or we're going to put a tweet out. All you have to do is respond to the tweet. Okay. Just respond to the tweet. Enter the tour card. Here's my screen name. The highest scoring individual who does one of those two things will win that putter if you beat me and Pat. Now, me and Pat are entered. Now, you have to beat our lineups. You have to. Now, chances are, like, if 50 of you guys do this, one of y'all is probably going to beat our lineup. So, you're pretty, pretty good. Pretty good chances. There. Yeah, pretty good chance. But, I mean, how cool is that, man? Fantasy Draft getting creative with us. They are going to, then, if you, you know, when you beat us this week for the Valspar, you just get to sit back and know that a free putter is coming. And you can just, like, watch the golf tournament, the Masters, and then on Sunday, you could be like, oh, hey, if he wins, I'm about to get that same putter mailed to my front door. That's pretty freaking cool. That's a really cool contest. So, there you go. And if you don't play golf, just sell it on eBay or something. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. If you don't play real golf, it's a win. It's a win-win. Scotties, you can get a couple. Yeah, you can get a lot of money for those. Um, yeah. So yeah, beautiful contest from Fantasy Draft. Driving engagement for the Valspar. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. All right, Pat. Um, now I, we have one more announcement I want you to hit on, and then I have a special segment, a surprise segment that I've not told you about. You have no idea what's going on, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting. So will you okay. talk? Tell the listeners real quick. Um, about the chalk bomb, and I'm going to step away for just a moment and Are prepare. you going to – okay, well, here's the thing. We've been talking about the chalk bomb for a few weeks now. Our, our, our good buddy, Ben Little, has been putting this out for us. And let me just tell you, it is it is fantastic information. Do not just focus on the on the chalk bomb piece of it. He will give you so much information as far as strategy that week, stats we're looking at the top 10 facts is my favorite thing all you got to do to be able to get this email it is completely free is just email us at info at tourjunkies.com you will get on the list 
Let me throw out this, though. If you email us on Wednesday, sometimes it does not populate in to where we can get you quick enough on Wednesday afternoon or when the email typically goes out, which is usually like evening, I don't know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. So you got to know that. But we will try to respond to you if on Wednesday you get to us late or later on in the week you'll just get on the list for the next week. Here's the thing. Also, check your promotional folder if you are scheduled to get this email or spam because we've been seeing a lot of that. I, I got to throw this out there because I'm a little bit tired. I got to admit of all the emails that we're getting of uh, people not getting this. And, and you know, we're trying our best, but the email is absolutely fantastic. Great information. That being said, the chalk bomb last week sucked. It was Phil Mickelson. Yeah, it kind of sucked. But here's the deal. <laughs> what does chalk mean, David? What does chalk mean to well, you? Well, obviously, they're chalk for a reason, right? They're, they're popular because they're playing well. Their stats line up. Uh, the outlook is good. So, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always a guy that's going to be hit or miss, right? Yeah, it's a popular play that yeah. that we're choosing to take a stand on. So, and that's what you're doing. You're taking a stand. It's not always going to hit. Mickelson obviously was not a great chalk bomb, but I, I feel like that is like the the smallest part of the article. Now we call it the chalk bomb, and and that's that's great and all. But there's so much more information you can take out of it from a week to week basis. Free information, good stuff that Ben has given out to you. Uh, he's very smart, ex- way smarter than me. A tad bit smaller than David, or smarter than David, and smaller than David, actually. <laughs> um, so, anyway, you got to subscribe to it. Just send us an email info at tourjunkies.com. If you don't get it, check your promotional box, all those kind of things. And then, as a last resource, email us and we'll get it to you. Well done, Pat. Okay. Um, so, here's the deal, bud. Um, I, I've, I've, I've been looking out for you. You know I love you. You're my buddy. Um, I love you like a brother. And I know you're hurting right now, Pat. Mm. You're hurting, aren't you? Uh, in some ways, yes. Yes. Well, actually, a couple ways, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, I know that there are some pains around your your career, right? Do you want to? Do you want to just just kind of? elaborate on that just a little bit just a little bit uh you know here's the thing when you work in banking as your real job sometimes it can it can wear on you if if you have not worked in banking you don't know but it's just you know every bank eventually becomes the same whether it's you get on you get on there's people flip-flop banks all the time it's because they always think the grass is green on the other side and it may be for a little while but then it's not because it's just all the same anyway so that's just what it is in banking and yeah you know i I say i'm i'm a i'm you know a little bit tired of of the banking world uh i'm used to being able to hey i'm a I'm a free spirit, right, David? I don't, I don't need to be tied down with all of these rules and stuff and yeah, all of yeah. these, yeah. you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we know we have a lot of listeners out there who are professionals, entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, business executives, whatever. And so I thought, you know what, Pat? You deserve better. You deserve better. You're, you're a talented guy, uh, and gosh darn it, people like you, right? And so... <laughs> We'll I thought we should give these people an opportunity to see you shine a little bit, you know. And listen, uh, Pat's looking for a new job, okay? 
He needs a new job. So if you have a lead for Pat or you just feel sorry for Pat and you think you could help him, uh, he needs a new job. So what I did is I'm bringing in a secret weapon, Pat. Mm. Now, I did not tell you I was going to do this, but I have a secret weapon and um, you're going to be interviewed right now. We've got uh, a handful of questions, about five or six questions that we're going to ask you and you're not prepared and that's okay. We just want you to answer from the heart, honestly. Okay, wait a sec. First off, though, before okay, this thought entered my head about a minute ago that this is what you were doing. <laughs> and I, I will have, let me just throw out this disclaimer uh, because as soon as you asked me that question, there's a million things going through my head. And one of them was that this was what you were going to do. And I have to say, for if if it's I don't know if it's just you standing there right now, but if if Kristen maybe or somebody else is there. Um, I would not typically do an interview post, you know, a glass and a half of wine. So, <laughs> so okay. Let's let's go ahead and get that out of the way. There could be some things that I might say that I might not otherwise say. Uh, you know, unless okay. I'm allowed to interview with wine, then I, I like are. that job even more. Yeah, in this scenario, you are, and I'm going to go ahead and bring in our our executive, our high level executive, our in house high level executive. Miss Kristen Barnett and Miss Domination, everyone. The crowd goes wild. Kristen, mm-hmm. how are you? Hey, Pat. Long time no talk. I know. Like, it's been a yeah, couple hours. A few hours. Well. People don't know on the podcast that, you know, we, we talk sometimes. You know, you and I have a good relationship, wouldn't you say? I mean, I sure hope so. I feel like we do. Yeah. But like, I mean, David knows that we talk. It's not like it's behind his back or anything. Yeah, it's not like a side thing. No. <laughs> okay, that being said, go ahead. Okay, back, let's keep this, like, straight to the interview here. Okay, so I need to be, like, serious? Um, well, okay, so part of the context is David was talking about this, and I'm like, oh, oh, please, please let me. So I just took this whole, like, class in the book on interviewing, so I'm really excited about interviewing as part of it. Okay, all right, so I'm like a guinea pig here. Yes. Okay, let's go. Bring it. Okay. Let's get going but, here. But, you know, we, we also get want to, to see, picks. like, your personality. Okay, we got to get to our picks, so let's, let's, uh, let's get this going. And okay. I, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, Pat, tell me about a time you had a conflict at work. Oh, gosh, I have those all the time. I had this guy the other day. <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy. I had to sit there and explain to him. He tried to pay off a loan. And he paid it off in his mind. He thought he had, but he didn't realize that there's this thing called accrued interest. And he didn't pay that off. So he got another bill. And I said, look, here's the thing. When you get a payoff, you got to call the bank because they got to give you the exact payoff for that day. Well, he was furious. It was like, no, that's no banks do it that way. Well, guess what? Every single bank does it that way. (laughs) So I'm sitting there like, all right, I don't know what to tell you. And And then he has the gall to tell me, well, you know what? This is just going to mess my CPA up. And I don't know if you know about CPAs. And I said, listen here, my dad's been a CPA for 40 years. So I know what a C- CPA is like. And here's the deal. You know, hey, I'm sorry that this was an issue. And, and I need to go back here because I was very, first off, I wasn't that animated. I was a little, I was very, I was good with this guy. So I don't want you to think that I'm like a hothead or anything like that. I did tell him that it was time to leave my office, but I thought I said it in a nice way. So there you go. I feel like that story was going a little bit different direction, and then we kind of took like a left turn. 
Well, I mean, you said I could drink. <laughs> oh, <well>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me. Tell me about a time you were asked to do something you didn't know how to do. Um, Kristen, this happens every single day. Do you un- <laughs> do you understand? Do you understand what job I'm in? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, like the last few weeks, everybody's asking me. They get disputes on their debit cards and stuff. I have no clue what I'm doing. No clue. <laughs> but I want to make sure these people have money. As a matter of fact, if I could just give these them the money, have money. If I could just give them the money out of my pocket and say, "Here's what you've come to the dispute bank." And I'm going to give it to you out of my own pocket because I don't, I don't have any clue. I have no clue how to fix your dispute and how to get the bank to actually put money into your account. So I'm just going to give it to you and just let, like, let's just so I don't have to go through all the paperwork. I'm just going to give you the money. I can't do that. But that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. If that gives you any, I, I'm going to go by the book when it comes to how you actually do that. But you, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's funny on that is when I was in the banking world, I the same thing. Like if somebody came in and they had all these overdraft charges and they were like going through with me, like when they swiped their card versus when the charge was run and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then all the fees they got. You have no good reason. To I had no clue because the bank made it so complicated. Yeah, I had no freaking clue. And you just had to defend the bank doing that. Like I had a couple of like other people that were better at stuff like that than me that could look at it and figure it out. So but saying, most of the time I had no idea. You're saying they like like legitimately the bank could have messed it up. The bank has the let me just tell you something. Yeah, get cuz I feel like right now we're tapping into something that some <laughs> listeners might it's they so might weird. Need like some because think you have pending transactions on the balance and the balance may be showing positive on your end online and here's the thing that's the worst part about online banking because it'll show like a positive but there's really not a positive because there are all these pending transactions coming through and so then that's why you get charged an overdraft fee so let me just say if you go into your branch and you ask them like if, if it was very close there was a thin line like you weren't like negative for like a day go in there and battle that thing because guess what they're not going to be able to answer why <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to look at it. They're going to be like, I have no clue. I'll, but what I'll if they don't know it. how to fix it? Then what? Fix what? Fix the overdraft. You just refund it. Yeah, you just <laughs> refund it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You just refund it. You okay, say, okay. I, I have no clue how that happened. I have no... I, I, if I can't explain something to somebody that seems like it should be simple, what? my only other recourse is just to give them the, <laughs> give them the fees back. Okay, my producer is telling me we have to hurry up. Um, this one is very important. Pat, why is a tennis ball fuzzy? Hmm. That is a very good question. <laughs> Do you know why a tennis ball is fuzzy? It's because, here's the thing, when you have like the, the strings on a racket, they, you know, you can spin the ball just like golf. I mean, you have a hook and a slice. Well, that that fuzziness allows those strings to spin the ball however you want, but at a higher level of spin. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you when you're hitting a ball, like if I want to hit like a uh, cut or something like that, or I want to take something off the ball and I hit swing under it, you know, you just want to have those. You, you, you like that fuzz on there. Otherwise, the the ball is like let's just say it was a a rubber ball without any fuzz on it. That ball is going to be flying all over the place. That thing you can't. You can't accurately hit that ball where you want to. The fuzz allows for accuracy of what you want to do. 
Do you think that would be applied in other? Other what? <laughs> what? Okay, but he's saying no. Okay, last question. If you're a CEO, what is the one thing you would make mandatory and one thing you would ban? The one thing I would make mandatory would be casual wear. And the one thing that I would ban <laughs> would, would be the one thing that I would ban. Oh, man, that's a tougher question. What, what, what would be the casual wear? Yeah, I was wondering Define casual thing, wear. But I don't know if I was allowed to ask any more questions because I'm being told to hurry. Like, I think I don't. I work in banking where you wear suits and things like that. I don't like that. Like, I, I would like David. I would casual wear would be whatever David's. Can wear it his his. That's work. like thuggish, ruggish. You would never wear what I wear. No. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like if you show up in a golf shirt, nobody's saying anything. If you show up in a dress shirt, nobody's saying it. Like you, you basically know how you're supposed to dress. Well, and if you show up I, in a t-shirt with Notorious B.I.G.'s face on it, that would not work. That's not what I'm talking about. You know that doesn't what I mean? Work for me either, Pat. By the way. Okay, what would you ban? I would probably ban. Uh. I would ban cubicles. Oh, Lord. Huh. Okay. Because why? Uh, I just think that... I don't know. I don't like that ban. Let me, let me, let me think about this. Let me... <sighs> what would I ban? Hmm. I feel like this is a loaded question. No? It's really not. But you didn't go the direction I thought you would. Let's go in for lightning round. Okay, go ahead. How do you feel about lightning round? Oh, hang on. Oh, just let me know when you're ready. Sorry, I thought something had happened to my... I thought I'd knocked off the recording and it was going to screw everything up. All right, well, go ahead. <laughs> what was your question again? <laughs> Here we go for lightning round. How do you feel about lightning round? I hate lightning round. Oh. Well, Actually, you know what? Resume. I like lightning round because okay. I have a very short attention span, so I do like lightning round. So go okay. ahead. What would your cat say about you if we asked for a reference? And I will be asking for references, Pat. What would my cat say about me? Yeah. Oh, my God. My cat would love me. He would say that he gives me attention when nobody else does. He would say that, that Pat... Um, does anything that he can do to take obstacles out of my way? Because this cat has a freaking cat door that he hates. Everybody wants the damn cat to go out the cat door instead of out a door. Well, you know what? I'm just going to open the door for him if I want him to go outside. I don't, he doesn't have to go out the cat door. All these rules that are involved with the cat I don't like. <laughs> You're looking out for the cat. I, I see it. I'm I looking out. It. Here's here's the thing you would see with me. If I was like a manager of people, whatever, I would feel like the guy that was like, I'm trying to get obstacles out of your way. I'm trying to mm -hmm. get things to make you more successful. That's what I'm going to be doing. You're like the player's coach. You're like a Pete Carroll. I am a player's coach. If you don't yeah. like a player's coach, then you're not going to like me. Yeah. You're like a Lane Kiffin, except yeah. you're not like screwing the cheerleaders and stuff. Wow. Yep. All right, well done, Pat. I think you. Uh, I think you might have some some emails in your inbox. I would ban. Um, 
business. I would ban like if you couldn't if it, if it was looked down upon to go to happy hour. That's what I would ban. <laughs> Wait, you would look down that you couldn't go to happy hour? No. No, you would ban ban looking down on going to happy hour. <laughs> That's the most complicated <laughs> sentence. You would ban people not looking approving of, happy of hour. people going to happy hour, which is a lot of banks. <laughs> A lot of bands or banks. Oh, banks. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, buddy, after this, we get you out of the banking business and into something that's just perfect for you. So, you guys can email all inquiries on Pat's future career to info at tourjunkies.com. And maybe they should tweet their own interview question. Yeah. And if yeah, you feel like you've lost the last 15 minutes of your life, um, you, you can have. just skip ahead. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank Actually, you. that was great, though. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. That was very You're good. Always great mm. when Kristen comes on the show. It is. It is. In fact, we had a we had a person write a I don't know if you saw this, Pat. We had a person write a blog on the top ten best golf podcasts on iTunes. And they reviewed over forty podcasts. And we made the list in the top ten. And one of the things they mentioned that they liked was when Miss Domination came on. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. He did not mention that to me. I just read you know it. what? I saw that and I forgot about that, but that is yeah. that is that is totally true, Kristen. That we did yeah. get that. Very nice. Very nice. Good job. Thanks. She's guys. a pro. She's a pro. Well done, Pat. Well, the biggest advantage for me is that David and I are sharing headphones right now, which means this is the closest we've sat in a while. Hmm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Not by my choice. Okay. Okay. He's tearing <laughs> them off of my head. All right. Thanks, Boo. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Miss Domination, everyone. I need like a clap. Check her out. Check her out. Pat's clapping right now, actually. Well done. All right, Pat. Way to go. We have successfully gone uh, about 37 minutes, and we haven't talked a lot of golf at all. So, yeah. Good job. Let's do this, man. Why don't you give us a course breakdown for the Valspar? All right, yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give the course breakdown, and then because that took a little bit of added uh, you know, extra time, I'm going to go uh, get a little bit of a refill here. But let's talk about the Valspar Championship in Tampa, Florida at the Copperhead course, Snake Pit. You got to... I was waiting on the snake sound. There you go. At Ennisbrook, Ennisbrook Resort, this course plays as a par 71 just over 7300 yards this is a weird par 71 though because you got four par fives and five par threes kind of interesting one of the you just don't see that very much so i do like this this course though it plays typically extremely hard it is like if you look at the last three years on tour last year was kind of an outlier it actually played easier than it normally does but three years prior to that, it was the sixth-ranked toughest course on tour for two years in a row, and then the tenth-ranked uh, back in 2016. So it's 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 difficult, and you're going to see some wins out here, and I think that's what you're going to see this week. So I think it's going to play more like it has, you know, previous to last year than than you than you saw last year with with really not all that much as far as wins are concerned. You got to be accurate off the tee here. It's it's one of those things, those courses where you know, there's a lot of you know, tree line fairways. The rough is penal if you go into the rough. 
Um, so you, you've just, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys club down a little bit. Not a whole lot of drivers unless they just have to. It's, it's, it's not a course that you see bombers typically um, just you know showing themselves as being you know the one play that you're going to do because you look at like last year had one 2017 was a winner charles Schwartzel in 2016 jordan speed john senton in 2014 and strillman and then donald in 2012 i mean here's the thing none of those guys are really known to be absolute bombers this is just sort of a course where you got to be you got to be good as far as ball striking you got to be good as in putting, and putting is one of those ones that I don't know about you, but I'm going to be looking at putting more this week. I think if if you look at the last few years, the guys who are the hot putters going into this event had done very well. I mean, you look at Hadwin last year; he won. He was ranked in the top ten on tour in putting going into that week. You look at a guy like let's you know, Spieth has always been a good putter. Schwartzel's always been a pretty good putter. John Sinden, though, 2014 when he won, he was ranked top 15 on tour for that year going into the Valspar Championship as far as putting is concerned. So this is one of those weeks where I think that you can actually put a little weight on guys who are putting well recently, not not for the season or whatever, but this is, this is just this recently. I, I do like that. Uh, as far as other stats for me, you got to look at par three, birdie, or better percentage since you got five par threes here. Strokes came to po- approach, ball striking, which I've mentioned. Um, so there you go. That's kind of the, the quick down and dirty. Now, uh, you got the snake pit this week, right? Isn't that yeah, difficult? Yeah, snake pit. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, um, I, yeah uh, I agree with a lot of that. I will say in terms of putting, one thing that you will find is that these Bermuda greens are overseeded quite a bit. So it is a little different putting surface than you see on the typical East Coast swing, uh, allowing some of these West Coast guys that aren't as familiar to putt on the Bermuda to uh, to play a little better and be a little a little more familiar, a little more comfortable on the putting green. So I don't think you have to get too caught up in strokes gain putting on Bermuda. I just think the putting is cool. So, uh, actually, we got more caddy insight late breaking here, Pat. Late breaking caddy insight from a tour caddy of 15 plus years experience. Sent this to me tonight. He was on the course today, all day long. And I'm just going to hit a few highlights here with you. Smaller greens than normal, he says. A lot of slope back to front. Um,. The fairways, he says, uh, they are expecting a little rain, so he thinks they're going to slow down a little bit. The rough, both around the green and around the fairway, is thick and can be penal, so watch out for being in the rough there. I think, um, yeah, we'll get to that. Definitely said that placement off the tee is important, and the Bombers will club down, as you mentioned. He thinks if it's going to favor a certain ball flight, it's going to favor a cut, um so left to right on a right hander right to left wait a minute wait a minute did i say that right no 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 okay yeah no left to right on a right hander and yeah left to right a, a draw on a left hander sorry I got confused <laughs> on that. That was get weird. it together um <laughs> yeah uh doesn't re- and now this is interesting one of the questions we always ask our tour caddy friends is do you think experience matters or can first timers compete 
And this particular tour caddy says a first-timer can compete because this is an old-school design with the exception of a few holes, blind tee shots uh, that could give the rookies a little bit of a problem. Other than that, he thinks the old-school design will, uh, will allow first-timers to definitely compete. And we asked him to pick three key stats out of a selection of stats we gave, and he said strokes gained approach, driving accuracy, and strokes gained putting. Pat. So there's, uh, As I there's mentioned. Our, our caddy insight. For me, I am looking at strokes gained around the green. I think scrambling is going to be very important here. He mentioned small greens. He mentioned the rough being penal. So I think if you're hitting into small greens, we do know that with a lot of guys clubbing down, they're going to have longer irons into these greens, so a little bit harder to hit the small greens. So you're going to have to scramble. You're going to have to get up and down. So scrambling to me is one of my, my heavier weighted stats along with strokes gained approach. Um, I'm looking at uh, accuracy, dra- uh, DraftKings points, and bogey avoidance I do think is important here. You, know, you mentioned this is a difficult golf course, and it has been a difficult golf course consecutive year after year so um par can be your friend on some of these holes you're not going to have the scoring fest that we've had uh, in other weeks here recently so i think par is your friend you need guys who are going to avoid the big number so those are some stats for myself but as always form is numero uno and then a little bit of course history so let's get into this pat let's get into these picks real quick and uh, and hammer out a little bit of who we like now i will mention too that i think this is the time of year guys start checking world golf rankings and they're looking at where they stand in the Masters qualification bubble, if you will. And there's a lot of ways to qualify for the Masters, but there are a handful of guys here who um, need to qualify by either winning a golf tournament or finishing in the top 50 in the world golf ranking. So I do have notated here a few guys who are either just inside that top 50 number, they're in the 40s somewhere. And they're hanging on, and they need to stay in there through the Shell Houston Open to play Augusta. Or guys who are outside of that 50 that need to make a big move to get in that so that they can play the, play the Masters in 30 days. So I do think that's a factor. I think this is the time of year PGA Tour pros are looking at that, and they know I got to do this. I have to be aggressive here, or I have to have a good finish, or whatever it is. Some of those guys are going to respond well under that pressure, and they're going to play well, and some of those guys are going to suck. So I do think that's important. I, so I, I don't know I if I can that. get on board with that as, Why? as, a, as Why a narrative. Because I just don't think, I mean, if, if you can play, you can play. And if you can, it, you know, these guys are going to be trying as hard as they can every single week. I just don't you think can, Yeah, but you can't tell me. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's the cliche, and if they were in the media center, I just feel and somebody... like these are the kind of things that we we as a DFS community talk. Like, if you're a golf fan, I don't know if you're looking at it that way. Like, if you're just a, a, like, I just don't. I think this is a DFS narrative of, hey, I gotta make you know, I'm gonna play harder this week or whatever. I'm gonna, I mean, like, if you if you fit the course, if you've got good recent form. You know, all that kind of stuff is is totally outside of whether or not where you are in the rankings. Like, I just so like, you hear too much about this. I, I think that's the answer. If they're in the media room and they get asked, "Do you treat this week any different?" I think that's what they say. In all honesty, though, you look at a guy like Bill Haas, you look at a guy like Brant Snedeker who hasn't missed the Masters in like a decade or more, or near a decade, and they're on the bubble right now. And you're telling me that those guys with 30 days left to go aren't thinking. I've got to show up this week. I've got to. I've got to. I've got to focus. 
I've got to. You don't gotta, think they want to show up every single yeah, week? Yeah, they though? do. Like, but if you, you got the Masters the coming up, why aren't you showing up is, a month ago? Like the, if you the, are, if you have the Masters and you know that you're close to the bubble, why are you not showing up? Three weeks ago, on a course that you might have be a better fit for you than you are, you know, this week. Now, I'm not saying that Snedeker, like you mentioned Snedeker, I'm not saying this isn't a course fit for him, but I'm just saying, like any guys, if you're if you are on the bubble or even know you're going to be on the bubble all year long, you're going to be paying attention to that, not just this week. Pat, that's not how the human that's not how human beings work, man. Like these guys, the the pressure is ratcheted up. And the awareness level and the concentration level is ratcheted up when there is more at stake, and it is immediate. If these guys don't don't do what they need to do to get in, they're not getting in. And like when you're when you're eight weeks ago, you feel like you have all the time in the world to make that up. I'm just saying, like I think it's a marginal. I think it's a marginal thing. Like I'm not gonna make or break a pick on it. But I do think it's marginal though. And it, it, it does, it means something. If I've got two guys that I can't decide between and all things considered equal, I'm, I'm going to pick the guy that has more to lose, right? Like the guy who is like, man, I want to play Augusta National. I want to play the Masters. I want to get in it. And if I suck this week, I put myself that further outside of contention rather than the guy who already has his ticket punched or he's so far outside the world golf ranking, it doesn't matter. Like he's just thinking about this week and that's it. I think there's something to that. You, you, there, there's no way. Like it's the biggest. It's the major that if these guys are honest, seven, eight out of ten of them are going to say they'd rather win than any other major on the PGA Tour. So I, I agree with that. I, I just don't know if it's a narrative that I'm going to be running with for the next few weeks or whatever it is, because that's what we're going to be talking about. You know, leading up to the like, what is the shell? He's well. When do they cut off the rankings for? It's after the shell. Like it's literally the week. So like when the shell ends and they redo the world golf ranking, like that night we will know who's in and who's not. So anyway, again, I'm not saying it's a big deal. Like it's not a big deal. I'm just saying I have notated here guys who are in that bubble, in that kind of zone, and I think if all things else are considered equal, you lean that way. Or if you just like the player, that's another reason to kind of like them. And I think there's some interesting names here. I just mentioned two. I mean, Bill Haas and Brant Snedeker. Like, well, not Haas, bad. Is a, Haas is a different case this year with what happened, so I don't know. Um, I, that, that, that has nothing to do with him playing in the Masters. Like, that has nothing to do with him playing. Yeah, am I interested to see how he plays this week after what happened at, you know, at Riv when he, when he was, you know, in the horrible car accident and watched a friend of his die? Like, that's horrible. Well, and he has good, he, he, this is a course he's played well on in the past, too. I, so. I know, but I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that, the, the car thing doesn't have anything to do with his desire to be in Augusta and the fact that he could miss, like, he is, he is in danger of missing the Masters for the first time in a long time. So, but, I mean, is there not a single player in this field that doesn't have a desire to play in Augusta? I mean, they all do. Yeah, but a lot of them already have it locked up. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so for guys who don't, there's way more to gain if they have a good week. And I'm just saying that for athletes, and this is a forty, this is like a forty week PGA Tour season. It's a long freaking golf season. You cannot tell me that you genuinely think that with every golf tournament, these guys give 100% effort, concentration, blah, 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 focus. There is no freaking way. So 
for the guys who already have that that invite locked up and they've already got the invite from Chairman Ridley, like you can't tell me that there's a guy like a Bill Haas, a Brant Snedeker, a Shez Reevy is another one who's like just inside the bubble, who like doesn't want to really focus more to just lock that up. It's a long season. Construe the opposite way, though, where they're almost so focused and so worried about something, where it's going to screw with their game anyway. Like, just go out there and play golf. Do do your thing. Yeah, I think for some guys, maybe that's the case. But I think more so, more so than not, they will rise to the occasion and play well, play aggressively, play smart, play focused. They'll put in the extra time to prepare. Blah blah blah. Okay. All right. Well, that being said, let's get on to some picks. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> All right. Why don't you start? Why don't you start in the 10K and above range? You tell me wow. who you like. Okay. So, well, my favorite player here is Henrik Sinson. I love him at 10 2. I think he's fantastic. I mean, you Shocker. look at it. Well, he, he, Course history. No, no. I, you look at it. The, he checks all the boxes for me ball striking, course history, strokes gained approach. Putting, greens and regulation, all that kind of stuff. I think Stenson is the top play here. And you know what? We have not seen him on tour this year, but he has played over in Europe and he's played pretty well. Um, you look at, you know, just his last few events. I mean, the guy has been, you know, absolutely, he's, he's, he's on fire. I think you don't see him, you know, just because he hasn't played over in the U.S. this year. 10-2 for me is a great price. He's one of those guys that when you look at him, he, he doesn't like to hit driver off the tee anyway. I think he, he fits well on a course like this uh, where he can just kind of hit his three-wood or whatever and hit the green. Yep. And, and so I think Stenson is, to me, the number one play here. I'm still going to go, though, with some Sergio Garcia just above him. I mean, it, ball striking has been incredible for him. I think if you just look at, you know, he needs to get better on the scrambling and a little bit better on the putter, but I still love him at 10-9. He was T7 last week at Mexico. Um, He gained, you know, he's gained 12 and a half strokes on the field just in his last two events when you look at, you know, just the PGA Tour in general. So, those two are my favorite right there, Sergio and Henrik Stenson. Well, actually, they're the same two people I have highlighted. So complete agreement here. Uh, Although my favorite is Sergio. He was 12.5% owned last week at the WGC Mexico. Gained 13 strokes in his last six events. Um, For me, in in terms of tonight, when I say checks the box, I'm referencing to top 20 overall in this field for the last 12 rounds. And Sergio checks the box in strokes gained approach. Uh, good drive percentage and DraftKings points. I like Sergio here a lot. I will say, I think Jordan Speed's going to have a good week. I don't think he's going to justify the top price guy at 11.8. I think at that price, you want him in the top three, maybe top five. I could see him top 10, top 15. I think he's going to have a decent week. Um, and I'm just not ready to commit to Rory, given what we saw at, at, at PGA National and, and just his recent form. I'm not ready to do that. I think Rose will be chalky, decent play, but uh, I'm actually with you. Sergio's my guy, and I'm going to have a little more of him than Hendrick, but I like both of them. I, I was giving you a hard time on Stenson, but I, I agree with you here. 
Um, in the 9K range, I have two guys that I really like. I love Paul Casey. I didn't have a lot of him last week, and I'm actually glad I didn't. He disappointed last week, and he was owned by 26% of people across most contests last week. Including and, me. I yep. love him. But I, I think this is a good bet. I think this is a great week for him. He's gained 16 strokes in his last six events. Checks the box in strokes gained approach, DraftKings points, and good drive percentage. I love Casey at 9,800. This seems like a great course for him. PG, um, uh, Valspar, uh, Copperhead can get a little windy as well. So I think leaning a little towards the Euro vibe and guys who are going to ball strike their way through this golf course in case it gets windy is important. The second guy that I really like here, and I think he's going to be a little chalky, but I'm going to eat it, is Tony Fee now at 9,400. He's gained six strokes here in the last five years. He's gained 23 strokes in his last six events, and he checks the box. This is crazy. Checks the box in strokes gained around the green in the last 12 rounds. Female's scrambling. Checks the box in DraftKings points, which he normally does, but also checks the box in bogey avoidance. So I think Finau is chalk worth eating at 9,400. Those are my guys in the 9K. All right, what about you? Okay, wow. so, so, so Tiger... I don't mind Tiger. Again, it's kind of like PGA National Week. I'm just not going to have a lot of him. Well, here's the thing. I will say this. I think I'm going to sprinkle in some Tiger this week. Okay, so yeah. I don't mind that. I, I'm, I'm going to do that. But Finau is is a guy I'm going to disagree with you on. And, and here's why. Now, look, I know last year he finished, what, T4, T5? Something like that? Yeah. Um, but it was actually he finished fifth all alone. But it was a year that I this is this is what I'm talking about with this course. It it played easier last year than it has over the last four years combined, where this course has played one of the toughest courses on tour. And he missed the cut in 2016 and he missed it in 2015 when it played like it normally does with a little bit of wind and things like that. And that's that's what you're gonna see this year. So that's why I'm a little bit off Fino. I think he's a fade this week. Wow. You know what? I, I, I'm proud of you. Like I'm actually proud of you. Why like, is that? that? That was a really good stat. And normally you're not you're not that guy. Well, I'm like, usually a course history recent form guy. You know that. But here's the thing: I just think that with Finau, I think last year was an outlier. It's kind of like with with Terrell Hatton that we saw at the Honda. I just I just don't see. Interesting. It. Hey, I appreciate your argument. Actually, way more so than I do about the whole Masters bubble thing. I appreciate the argument. I think that was well, that was well thought out, well put. All right, continue. Okay. Sorry, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> other than that, that's about it. But I will say that I, you know, I mentioned Tiger. I, I do think I'm going to play some of him this week. I wish he would be cheaper priced. Damn it, I don't understand why he just he's just not played here. Like, this isn't even yeah, a course on his regular but rotation. But you know what? Here's the, here's the reason I want to play him. You look at last week at the Honda, everybody thought, okay, well, this is one of those courses where you got a club down on, you know, putting comes into play, short games. He, he fits that bill. Short game and putting, he's fine. Oh, totally, yeah. And he did well at the Honda not hitting driver on every hole. He did. So I think that I think Tiger is definitely in play. I'm okay with him at 9500 even though I wish he would be a little bit cheaper. I'm okay. Not a huge fan of this range though. I don't really Yeah. I love Paul Casey. Um, okay. I'm with so you, you there. there. 
other than that, I, I, there's really not anybody else in here that I'm I'm going to play. All right, in the 8K range, I named five stats that I looked at this week. The only guy in the entire field to check the box, meaning top 20 overall in this field in the last 12 rounds, the only guy to check the box in all five is your defending champ, Adam Hadwin. Literally, top 20 in the field in all five of those stat categories is the defending champ at $8,800. He was 11% owned at the WGC Mexico. He's gained 22 strokes in his last six events. It's hard to argue with the form. I just feel like at 8,800, I think Hadwin is interesting. I I don't know in this strong a field at 8,800, he's going to get up to like, you know, 18 or 20% ownership. So I'm willing to go ahead and eat a little bit of chalk on Hadwin at like probably 13 to 16% ownership. I'm going to have some, I'm going to have more than that exposure to Hadwin. I really like Hadwin. Um, I also like Byung-hun Ann at 8,400. Ann has gained 18 strokes in his last six events. He checks the box in strokes gained approach, DraftKings points, and good drive percentage. He was 5% owned at the Honda Classic. He's always going to be under the radar. He's right there, right, right around uh, Webb Simpson, who's a popular guy. So in the upper 8K range, those are a couple guys I like. There's a couple more at the bottom, but I'm going to let you uh, let you go ahead. Wow, I have to say I'm totally with you on Byung Hun An. I thought he was. Uh, I thought you weren't going to mention him, but I, I do like that. I think he's a good play. I'm going to play some Adam Scott finally this year at 8700. Here's the thing: he checks the box for me on ball striking, strokes gained approach, greens and regulation. Where he does not check the box is putting. But you know, we all know putting is one of the most variable stats on tour. And it's one of those that you can, you're a one week away from hitting that, you know, when it comes to, you know, your play that week. So I think Adam Scott at 8,700 is a pretty good value there. I think people are just, they're, they're, they're just sour on him. They don't want to play him. But you know what? He did get a T13. He snuck in you know, there with that T13 at the Honda Classic on a very tough golf course. So I think I think Adam Scott is, is one of those guys that you need to not sleep on this week. Other than that, I don't know, we're, are we dropping down into the... I will say I love Hadwin. I think that's a great play. Won this tournament last year. I do like that. Now, are you wanting some AK range plays yet? Or are you Are you wanting to be the first one to throw those out? 8K or 7K? I mean, yeah, 8K. Lower 8K. Okay, I'll let you go ahead and throw out some some lower 8K, and I'll tell you if I I have somebody different. Okay, so the only guy, actually, that I really like at the lower 8K, and he's coming off of a absolute crap tournament at the WGC Mexico, but that's Matt Kuchar at 8,200. You never can get this guy at this price. I mean, that is fantastic. Freaking-tastic. He hasn't missed a cut here in the last five years. He was T22 last year, T11 in 2016. He's gained almost 27 strokes on the field over those last five years. I think Matt Kuchar is just a fantastic play. And then we get to get him off of that you know, terrible week last week. So you're going to probably get a little bit lower ownership on a, on a guy that is just – extremely solid so i love some matt kuchar there uh that is probably about it because i already mentioned byung hanan at 8400 
Yeah, I don't think I'll have a lot of Kucher. I don't think he'll end up making my final player pool, if you will. But he was 19% owned on average at the WGC. Disappointed a lot of folks. This does seem like a better course fit for him. I have two guys in the at the at 8,000. Kevin Na and Cam Smith, both on the Masters bubble, if you will. Kevin Na has gained 21 strokes here in the last five years and 19 in his last six events. Checks the box in around the green, DraftKings points, and bogey avoidance. I think he's a great play at 8,000. Cam Smith, you know, this is interesting. Most, or I think every winner of a PGA Tour event the previous year gets an invite to the Masters. The Zurich Classic the Masters is not honoring, where Cam Smith and Jonas Blixt beat our boys Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown in a playoff. Smith is not in. He is on the Masters bubble. But when I look at a combined look of my top of my five stats, Cam Smith ranks eighth in that. He's gained 17 strokes in his last six events. He's a fantastic scrambler, always has been. Checking the box and strokes gained approach and bogey avoidance. Uh, I think both of those are really good plays at the 8K number. So I'll have more of those guys than Kucher. All right, why don't you hit us with the 7K range? We're going to move quickly here as we are uh, we're, we're over an hour now, but we're going we're gonna to try to hustle. Wow, there is, there's a lot of guys. There are so many guys in the 7K range. I don't know how if I can you know, really shorten this up. But I will say that the guy I love is Chesson Hadley at 7,400. I think he's a great play. Uh, he checks a box mainly for me on par three scoring. Here's the thing. You look at a guy like um, Hadwin last year. He checked a box on putting and par three scoring, and then he ended up winning this tournament. I think you're going to see that again from Chesson Hadley. Uh, you got Duff. At seventy eight hundred, I don't. I think the price is just way too cheap for him. You know, checks a box. He's obviously a ball striker. He's got good course history here, so I do love some Duff. And here's a guy that I think that most people will overlook, but he popped for me, and that is Aaron Baddeley at seventy two hundred. Oh, bad. Love him at putting strokes around the strokes gained around the green. He's got decent recent form actually, so I think. I think all bads could be a, a pretty good play over there at 7,200. And I'll throw it over to you, David, for the for what you got. Well, at 7,500 and above, I like a few guys. My favorite play this week is Luke List. He was 3% owned at the Honda He's Classic. He's an easy pick, by the way. I will mention that. He yep. is an easy pick. Uh, 3% owned where he made it to the playoff, lost to JT. Hasn't played great here, but also like hasn't played horribly. But he's getting 33 strokes in his last six events. List is on fire. Uh, close to Hadwin, checks four of my five boxes this week. And uh, just pretty impressive. So I, I like List at 7,800. Uh, I think Reavy at 7,900 is in play. He is also on the Masters bubble. He was 11% owned last time we saw him. He's gained 16 shots in the last six weeks. So I think Reavy's interesting. Streelman, I love at 7,500, as you mentioned, Tim. I think uh, former winner at this event. He's gained 19 strokes both at this event in the last five years and 19 strokes in the last six weeks. Checks the box and strokes gained approach, good drive percentage, and bogey avoidance. At 7,500, like, he just feels like a total cut maker to me. I, I would imagine if you're checking, like, fan chair sports on he's Wednesday, gonna be high. Yeah. he's going to be so high on yeah. But I mean he, for good reason. Um 
I, I like a little bit of Jason Kokrak, and I like a little Brant Snedeker. Snedeker's, like I mentioned, on the Masters bubble. Kokrak, surprisingly, plays pretty well here, uh, kind of a bomber, uh, and been playing well lately. So those are a couple more guys above 7,500. Uh, 7, You're right, this is a, a chalked full field. All right, at 7,400 and into the, the 6K range, you mentioned Hadley already. Uh, is there anybody else in there that you're kind of you're kind of digging? Well, if you're throwing out the six K range, or well, seven and six K, I I kind of like uh, Pam at seven thousand. Okay, he was T seventeen, but okay. Why why not? I, don't I just like I just don't. What's wrong with him? I just don't like him. Well, why not? I I, I don't know. I I just think he's I think he's overpriced. He's a web.com. Guy from I mean, two years ago, I just seven thousand. That that's, that's that's cheap. He was T seventeen <clears throat> yeah. at the Honda on a very There's difficult guys course. Guys, I'd rather have. That's all. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, I like him. Checks box on greens and regulation. Here's a guy that I think is is kind of pop for me that I did not think was going to pop just because he is typically known as a bomber. But that is uh, Robert Garrigus. Yeah, I saw that too. It's sixty eight hundred. Checks a box on stroke skin approach, ball striking. Uh, he has not missed a cut here in the last five years. You know, he's he's it's it's one of those things where you think like these guys are just one tournament away from from just having a fantastic week. And I think this is he's one of those guys. So I love some Garrigus at sixty eight hundred. There you go. Even though he's missed his last two cuts. <laughs> in the seven K range, there's a trio at seventy three hundred I quite fancy, and that is Jamie Lovemark, Lucas Glover, and John Huh. Hmm. All three owned at three percent or less Love John Huh their last time out. Ball strikers. Lovemark's a bomber, but he's gaining strokes uh, in the last six events, uh, thirteen strokes. Checks the box and strokes gained approach and bogey avoidance, which is kind of interesting as a bomber. Lucas Glover, of course, we know is a ball striker, just has to get the putter going. He tends to like this course. He's got a decent history here. John Hunt, tremendous history here. 15 strokes gained in the last five years and 15 strokes gained in the last six events. I think he could be a sneaky $7,300 play. Um, in the Now, also in the $7,100, I'm, I'm shocked you didn't name a couple of these other guys. I love this range, by the way. There's so many. I don't, okay, I'm, trying I'm just going to quickly go. Too many. I'm going to have some exposure to Chris Kirk. Um, I'm going to have some exposure to Bo Hostler. I think Sam Saunders. So I did my I did my five key stats. When you go to fantasynational.com, which by the way, if you don't have a fantasy national account, you can sign up for one. Fantasynational.com slash TJ. We'll uh, give you a little hook up there. Um, you can sign up. But when I did my five key stats and I did a stack ranking of all the, of all the players in this field, the guy who finished tenth. On that list is at seven thousand dollars. Now he has a horrible course history here, which is weird. It seems like a course that would fit him, but he's gained ten strokes in his last six events, and he's checking three of my five boxes. And that's Brian Gay at seven thousand. Kind of like a little Brian Gay, Chris Kirk, Hostler, Gay, um, Harris English, and Brandon Harkins. I'm gonna hop back on Harkins. I know oh, back. Uh, Brandon Harkins. He's just, yeah, I know. Your uh, love, I, I like love him. Man. 
my love man. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, in the 6K range, I agree with you on Garrigus. He kind of popped for me, too. The, my favorite guy in the 6K is at 6,700. And again, when I did my stack ranking, this guy finished 20th out of the whole field in my five key stats. And he's gained 16 strokes in the last six weeks. So pretty good form. This feels like one of those weeks where Vaughn Taylor, Vaughn Taylor, Augusta boy, is going to pop a guy. little bit. At 6,700. Cinderella just, story. I feel like he's going to pop a bit. Um, and then I also have just a wild feeling on Troy Merritt at 6,700. Weird, but I just do. So those are, those are going to, that's going to round it out. Um, for me. Anybody else for you that, that we, we haven't mentioned that we need to mention for you? Nah, I'm done. With one and done, thankfully, Pat, at Gup's Corner, segment one oh. is over and we can kind of start fresh here. Um, now, you, uh, you finished a little bit better than me in the first few events of the year. You made a total of $785,780. I made six hundred thirty-eight thousand three hundred twenty-four. So you beat me by like one hundred fifty grand. Um, do you know who you're going to use for uh, for one and done this week? Mm. I think that I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin. Okay, okay, Adam Hadwin. Not not too shabby. Uh, I'm going to come out guns blazing, right? And I'm going to use a guy who I wouldn't have thought I would use all year, but I'm going to use him. And I think it's a, I think it's a pivot play. Okay. I'm going to ride the good form. I'm going to trust my stats because he's checking those boxes. I'm going to go with Byung Hunan. I like that pick. I like that play. Yeah. I need to get, I need to get, I need to get going here in segment two on the old Gups Corner competition. All right, so uh, that wraps it up, Pat. Do you feel good? Do you feel? Do you feel like you? Do you feel like you're going to get some some inquiries into the tour junkies inbox about about your career? Do you think that's God? I hope so. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. I feel like I gave a terrible interview, but it was fun. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but no, seriously, if you're open to hiring Pat, we seriously want you to email us. <laughs> Uh, don't forget about the road to augusta contest and your chance to win a putter and don't forget to email us if you want in the chalk bomb info at tourjunkies.com there's a lot of stuff for you to remember i know but uh we we tried to cover it all as best we could thank you guys for putting up with us as always may your screens be green for the valspar championship 30 days till the masters see ya my heart skips skipping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the way you're dancing sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl i lose it alexa play the country heat playlist okay with amazon music a voice is all you need get tens of millions of songs download the amazon music app today Point out the colors of you I see them too And boy, I like them I like them I like them We went to fly to partake In all this hate We out here vibing We vibing We vibing Alexa, play Ariana Grande Okay I just want you to come with me 
With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.